Hey, this is Mike McDonald. You're listening to the Yuck Yucks Podcast. The Yuck Yucks Podcast. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Sign up at yuckyucks.com to become a VIP member for a chance to win great prizes every month. You'll also receive discounts, special offers, and notifications about special shows before they are announced to the general public. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. You're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy... I don't think so. What? What? Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. With your host, Jake Hirsch. What's up, everybody? All my yuckamaniacs out there, what is going on? Yes, it is the Jake. I sound too much like a radio DJ. Luther, can we cut that music? Yeah, man, I'm working on it over here. Yeah, we'll work on a little bit faster, please. There we go. All right. Hey, everybody. What's going on, uh, my Yuckamaniacs? Thank you to another wonderful edition of the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Yay! Thank you. Thank you very much. Of course, that's my main man. Luther is in studio. What's up, man? Not much. Not much, buddy. How was your weekend? No, the weekend was great, man. Everything uh, was... Uh, yeah, I saw, you know, hanging out with Eddie DeLiseppi and all that. Yeah. And I saw Eddie uh, DeLiseppi as well. Um... Eddie who? Seppi. Oh, that's not what you said. Yeah, I just said that. No, 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 no. You said uh, Della, Della. No, you can't even say it yourself. Eddie Seppi was in town, folks, and uh, I had a blast hanging out with my boy. Eddie and I go way back. And by way back, I mean uh, about a year. So, uh, yeah, about a year. Uh, maybe less. I met Eddie uh, while he was up here doing a comedy festival. Uh, it was actually my comedy festival. Uh, that I put on, uh, myself and, uh, another, uh, yeah, well, actually a bunch of people helped put it on, but yeah, uh, Cochrane comedy festival, Eddie Delisepi came out here and headlined that show uh, along with Michael Malone and Sterling Scott, uh, a couple of just lovely gems, all three of them. And, um, Eddie and I formed, uh, I don't know, some type of, uh, kinship, uh, friendship. I don't know what you want to call it. Bromance. It wasn't a bromance knucklehead listen no it, it wasn't uh it wasn't a bromance it's just uh you know we just we got along you know we were both from uh latino descent uh we are both uh uh yeah that's about it that's all we got in common no uh i hit it off with eddie eddie is just a really cool cat i actually hit it off with all those guys but uh but eddie and i stayed in touch and and uh you know we 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 talk you know we bullshit we text we uh you know yeah Stay in touch, man. Cool cat. And uh, he was just in town headlining Yucks, uh, the Calgary Club, of course, that I'm speaking about. And, and of course, all the uh, wonderful, wonderful people that work at Yuck Yucks. Uh, the Calgary uh, Club is just, uh, again, phenomenal. Um, Angie and, and uh, just, yeah, everybody that's uh, down there. I can't, I can't even say all the names. Everybody's cool. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, Eddie was in town. We watched him uh, down at the club, and, and it was just it was great. It was great. And uh, I'm thinking we are going to be putting out that episode next week. Next week. This week, though. Why the hell did you build up the whole damn show then? Well, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, you built up the whole show like you were going to have Eddie Delicepi on. Well, I didn't mean to build up the show. Like, whatever, dude. What? Uh, listen. I'm just saying Eddie was in town. Miles Morrison was in town. We had a blast, and I'm giving you a preview of uh, some of the episodes uh, that are going to be coming up. Okay? Eddie Delisepi was in town. We had a blast. 
Great interview, and that one's going to be probably out next week. Now, on to my point here. Yay! Yeah. On to my point here is this week is a special episode. We have a new thing that I kind of came up with a, a few while, uh, a few moons ago. Uh, I talked to the executive producer of the show, Miss Kira Williams, uh, in case you uh, are wondering who it is. Yay! Yeah, that's right. Kira Williams, everybody. I, uh, I was talking to Kira, as I, uh, as I do uh, once a week or so, and I said, Kira, why don't we have uh, a feature, uh, uh, some episodes once in a while where we interject and we put some fresh new blood talent, not the old bitter yuck-yuck comics that we have every week. <laughs> I'm joking with you guys. Come on. No, seriously, though, uh, I wanted to get kind of the, you know, my finger on the pulse of some of the new talent that's coming up through the Yuck Yucks ranks. And um, I thought of a kind of a cool name uh, called Yuck and Comers. And uh, I wanted to introduce this episode as a Yuck and Comer episode. So this week, I got to sit down with the ever so charming, so talented, very funny Katie Westman. Yay! Thank you, Luther. That's my one-man clapping machine back there. Uh, yes, Katie Westman came out to the studio... Uh, out to the uh, Casa de la Hershey uh, studios and uh, sat in with me for like a good hour, 45 minutes or so. We we just talked and, and uh, got to know Katie, and Katie's a young up-and-coming uh, up comic in Canada. And the interesting part about uh, Katie is that I actually met Katie, and, you, and you'll hear that. Uh, you'll hear this story on the actual episode, but I actually met Katie when I did my very first show. Oh, God's sake, we're not going to hear about this again, are we? What? Hear about what? Yeah, you know, your first show and everything, how you're, you know, a big comedian. And Shut up, Luther. I'm not, no. I'm simply just uh, sharing the story that uh, when that I had met Katie uh, during uh, the very first show that I ever did uh, here in Calgary. And, uh, yeah, we kind of just loosely stayed in touch. I saw some, you know, great, uh, great feedback about her, some great clips and stuff like that. She's been performing a lot. She's been working, you know, just about every night of the week, it seems like. And I just thought, hey, good for her, you know, and, and let's let's get some spotlight on some people. On some up-and-coming comedians. You can get to know them uh, all right here on the uh, wonderful Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Yay! <laughs> no, it's good to actually sit down and get the perspective from comedians that are not quite headlining yet. That are not, you know, uh, these are people that are just getting into the organization and just getting their feet wet uh, on the Yuck Yucks circuit. So, um I think that's awesome. I'm really, really happy for her. Well-deserved. She works very, very hard. And you'll hear in the interview just how humble Katie is. She's a very, very humble person. And uh, I really uh, got a lot out of this conversation with her. It was it's just great to see, uh, you know, people in the, in the comedy game who just, that's the formula. They work hard, they stick to it, and they persevere. So uh, I'm looking forward also to some great, great Interviews coming up. Uh, of course, the YYC uh, Comedy Festival is in town right now, so I'm hoping to get down there to go interview uh, some amazing talent and, and bring that uh, wonderful content to you folks. And again, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for the continued support um, for... Your sex change operation. <laughs> listen, man. Listen. Sorry about that, folks. Just had to uh, straighten out uh, my cohort over here. Uh, no, thank you for the very uh, amazing support that you guys have been giving the podcast. Again, folks, we are on the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. Um, I don't know if they ever took us down, actually, because uh, we're just that amazing. Um, 
They did, though, however, um, publish some uh, popularity bars as of late. And as you can see there by the popularity bars, the status bars, man, we are kicking some ass. Yay! Thank you. Yes, kicking a lot of ass out there, folks. And uh, thank you for the continued support and listening. And, of course, spread the word as much as you can. Um, you know, just spread the love. And, and of course, I also want to say a big thank you to uh, Mr. Cal Post um, from the CK Podcast. If you guys haven't heard that, be sure to check it out. Uh, Miss Kira Williams joins uh, Cal Post on uh, one of the last couple of episodes there. I just listened to it the other day. And, uh, man, what a great, great episode. That was really, really funny. And, and of course, um, I'm interviewing some just, like I said, fascinating people. Tomorrow, I'm interviewing a big, big name. You guys are going to love it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway. Let's go catch up with Katie Westman. I just sit there quietly, and then people are tweeting, like, Katie, speak up for He's so clever, too. Isn't he's, he, though? He's always got something decent to he's, say. He's hilarious, that guy. Yeah. I love him. Uh, in studio, Katie Westman. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for yes, having me. Yes, thanks for coming out. It's been a long time. I uh, I caught you on the very first show that I ever did over at Cork Winehouse, uh, which is killed. no more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That's a huge compliment coming from you. Uh, but you've been killing it on the scene as of late. You've been, you've been, been doing all right. You've been doing, yeah, you've been doing all right. You've been uh, you've been pretty busy. You've been like like almost every night you're working. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I guess I do like. On a lazy week, I do about four shows a week. And no shit. Eight on a, when I hustle. <laughs> no way. Eight shows a week. Wow. So uh, bring me back to the very, very beginning. How did you, like, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Okotoks. Originally. You're from Okotoks? Yeah, yeah. So not that far off from, from the big city of Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and so you went to school there, you graduated there? And yeah. Then... And then I, uh, I left right away, kind of traveled a little bit around by myself. Um, I lived in Costa Rica for a bit because I really wanted to learn Spanish. Get I found out, out it's, not a, it's not a skill of mine, so <laughs> I'm back here, and now I know no Spanish. Nobody I know <laughs> that has gone to learn Spanish has learned Spanish very it's, well. Oh, it's, it's, it is true what they say. It's a, if you don't use that muscle, you lose it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, I remember I, I lived there for like seven months, and by the end of seven months, I was, I was very comfortable. And I lived in a village where they didn't speak English at all. So you no weren't way. speaking English for days and days. So wow. you really start to pick up yeah. on, on stuff, or you can pretend you understand more than you do. Like I really, I, I, I got, so there was a couple of people in, my, in the host family I was with, the sisters. And they were, they were nice, but they were, you know, they'd bully me once in a while. Right. Why not? Yeah. Um, you know, I could take it. But I got to the point where they wouldn't do it in front of me because they didn't know what I understood and what I didn't. And oh, I was yeah. like, yes, yeah. progress! <laughs> But yeah, I went I went to Mexico with my parents a couple of years ago, and um, I was like, we were ordering at a restaurant. I was like, I got this, guys. I used to live in Costa Rica, and I ordered a milkshake, and they brought me a banana and a glass of milk. <laughs> I was like, oh no, like no so I've lost all of it. No way. <laughs> That's totally true, though, because if you don't speak it on the daily, yeah. like, I mean, or pretty, you know, frequently, you you do tend to lose that stuff. Yeah, or yeah. unless I think if you learn it at a young age, it does. That's You're crazy. able to revive it a little quicker. Yeah, exactly. I did not. So. <laughs> How long did you spend in uh, Costa Rica? Uh, seven, seven months. Well, seven three, months. three in Costa Rica, and then I traveled kind of the rest of Central America Holy by myself. Shit. So it That's was crazy. amazing. I recommend anyone who wants to travel for cheap. My daughter wants to travel yeah. to South America. She oh, okay. said at first she wanted to go to like the Middle East, and I was like, they will cut your head off, and uh, <laughs> who knows what can it's, happen over there. Yeah. But I, she speaks fluent Spanish, so that's okay. perfect. That's perfect for her. But, but nice. yeah, but I, I've heard Costa Rica is amazing and 
Yeah, like the uh, friendliest people, and all over Central America. I've, I mean, I was by myself the entire time and got myself in some stupid situations, but I, I never felt unsafe. Really? Yeah. yeah. I felt more unsafe in my city than you did just than, traveling. Than I did the entire time in Central no America. So. Wow. Maybe I was naive, but I, right. you know, I knew <laughs> bad things could happen. I was just optimistic and, and aware. But yeah, it yeah. Was, I, I didn't, I can't think to this day anyone there that I met that wasn't one of the friendliest Good. people. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. And, and what an experience coming from Okotoks and, and going, I mean, South America and, and, I mean, Costa Rica and stuff like that. I mean, that must have been pretty, like, worldly, differential, <laughs> cultural. I mean, I've been to Okotoks. Yeah. Not a ton of culture. I mean, I love Okotoks. Don't get me wrong. Have you seen the new slogan on the no, trains they're making the... fun of? The new slogan and the Calgary Herald's just taking the piss out of it. It's, it's There's a number of things to do in Okotoks. <laughs> And they had to call up, like, Oaktoke's Western Whale. That's our newspaper being like, is this your real slogan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's wrong? So I thought Calgary I heard something about yeah. that. It's I thought, the I thought most it was bland. something like a million things to do, but a number, a number of, of things. things to yeah. do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is crazy. So, okay, so take me back to your back from Costa Rica. When did you get the bug for comedy? How did you get into that? Um, I've, I've always loved stand-up. I've grown up watching it with my... my um, but my whole family, actually. My mom really likes different comedy than my dad, so right. it's nice. I kind of, I think I've taken on both their tastes. Yeah. Um, but my mom's, my mom's from the UK, so it's very witty, sharp, right. clever. It's a totally um, different comedy yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah, so she really likes that. And my dad really likes more American and Canadian style of, right. um, a little more, not obvious. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. I don't know how to say how I'd, I'd describe the, <laughs> the comparison between them. But it's, it's funny because my mom will come out and be like, oh, this isn't even funny. They're just stating the obvious. And I'm like, yeah, isn't it good? Like, it's, it's stuff we've all seen so many times and they've just put it into words. We're exactly. like, yeah. That's so. the genius of it. Yeah. yeah. But no, but comedy over in Britain and in the UK is a totally different style of comedy. They are. Yeah. It's super witty. There's some, I mean, amazing shows and some amazing writers and some yeah. fascinating comedians that come out of there. Yeah. So I I've, I've grew up kind of watching, watching them. Um, you know, watching stand-up with my whole family, and we'd see live stand-up shows. And I started going to one with my friends. It's at Oak Tree Tavern. It's Jupiter Comedy runs it, right, right. and it still runs. And I was going with my friends a lot, and we got to. It's a pro-am show, and it's uh, still hands down probably still my favorite show I, ever. I just really? I, I think it's because my friends always come, so right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice. <laughs> but um, familiar faces. Yeah, exactly. So it's just we used to hang out there before comedy, <coughs> and then the comedy. Started doing the show, so it's just it's just a, a nice like home place. For I've me. heard it's a great it's a it's a it's a you have great to do room. it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really, it's really a, good. like a pretty good crowd shows up every week. Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they they uh, it's standing room only by the end. No I've, way. I haven't been to a show in the last probably year and a half where it's not packed. So, really? Yeah. So it's fantastic. Really taken off. And I heard they've had some pretty big big names drop in too. Yeah, they there. have. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't want to name any because I can't remember. I haven't been there. I've only. Heard about it later. You're like, right. oh, I didn't go to that show, so I can't remember which ones were at Comedy Monday Night, and which ones were that. But yeah, they've had some some big names, and just it's just a fantastic show. And the way they put it together is a, uh, it's pro am, so the MC is professional and the headliner's professional, right? Which is my favorite style to do shows. If you're going to do pro am, make right. sure those two are professional, and then you have, you know, some professionals dropping by to do five or ten minutes, and sure. some people doing their first time there. So right. you don't always know which is which. Yeah. Um, you're just ready to see what they bring to stage, and I love that. And uh. Yeah, so you didn't know which ones were professional comics that, you know, kill all the time and maybe had a bad set, or right. if it's, you know, an amateur and it's, you know, just start they're, they're about to bomb every show after this, but they just kill it at this one. You don't know which is which. Yeah. So I was watching a lot of people on this show, and uh, I, watched, I watched a few people bomb, 
And that's when I started thinking. I thought, I can't properly judge someone. Think, you know, right. as when you're not a comedian, if you see someone not do well, like, right. oh, that person's shit. Can right. you say that on here? Okay. Fucking say <laughs> okay. whatever you'd like. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, as a non-comedian, sometimes you see someone just write them off. It's like, oh, they're not funny. Right, right. Or, you know, um, and I thought, I can't do that. I can't sit here and watch these people go up and think, oh, someone's not funny or I don't like that person if I haven't tried it myself. I'm right. in no place to judge. Sure. I know it's harder than I think it is, but I started watching the people who bombed and I was like, I could do that. I right. could go up and be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I was like, could I do it and not cry after? Like, that was kind of my goal. I was <laughs> that like, was what, a benchmark. Yeah, like, would, would, how long would it affect me for? And I started, it just started getting that itch where I, you, you see people who you, you do think, you're like, you know, you kind of have your own kind of jokes totally. similar, and you're like, oh, yeah. I think it might be funnier. Oh, I don't know. But yeah. So I finally, I just uh, worked up the nerve and thought, I have to try it. At least just even enjoy comedy for the rest of my life. I have to at least try it. And if I hate it, at least know what they're going through. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, so the bar I set so low for myself. I was like, don't cry. <laughs> and it's a success. And it went uh, way better than I expected. I really, really, I think most people do for their first time, like really, really prepared for my five-minute set. Almost over-prepare. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I tell myself now, I'm like, prepare like this is your first time. Like right. if you if you have a set that doesn't go as well and you think like, you know, yeah. if that had been your first time, you could have nailed it because you would have, you know, gone over this stuff more. <laughs> exactly. You would have really been particular on your words. So, Which is but, yeah. funny though, because I have this, uh, I have this like reoccurring fantasy all the time when I'm sitting in a club and Ooh. I'm watching something. <laughs> It's not that type of fantasy, but oh, okay. I get this like we'll get there later. <laughs> I get this like crazy like fantasy if I'm sitting there watching or, or like the show's about to start and I'm just waiting for like the club owner to come over and be like, "Hey man, our headliner got hit by a bus. We need you to come <laughs> in." Like you know, because yeah. everybody else like their natural instinct is to I couldn't be on stage. I couldn't do yeah. that. I couldn't. I can't get up. And I think for certain people, it's like you get up there and you're like, "Fuck, this feels good for me." Mm-hmm. Like I love that response. Yeah, you know what I mean. Do you get that a lot, too? Do you, is that something that you just knew that you were destined to do? Like, when you got up there that first time, you felt like this is the energy that I've, um, I've been looking for? I, th- I, thought, I thought I could do it well, but no one goes up thinking, oh, this is going to be horrible. I can't <laughs> wait to really embarrass myself in front of everyone. Right. So I think, I, I think it's the same mentality as everyone else. Um, I don't know, I, I, I still get nervous before shows, but once I get into it, and it's nice now with other people that have been doing it for a while when we're nervous right. before shows, like, remember, as soon as you get up there, you're like, oh, yeah, you kind of fall into what you want to say, the audience is responsive, and you just relax. So right. you have to think of when you're already up there, but um, no, I don't, I don't think I was like, oh, this is where I belong the first time. It was just, <laughs> I was just so nervous, and I was, afterwards, I thought, okay, that wasn't, wasn't as bad as I it thought. It wasn't as bad as I thought. It's, I think after you do your first show where it doesn't go well, right. that's when you really start thinking, you're like, do, do I want to still do this? I remember right. I, I did the Comedy Cave, I think, like, the same week. I had two really, really good shows. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I didn't, my first one, I didn't want any of my friends there. Two ended up coming, but <laughs> they brought their boyfriends. I was like, no, one's supposed <laughs> to be here. Like, I wanted to just, if it was going to go terrible, you know. Do it no in front one, of strangers. Yeah, yeah in front yeah. of strangers. You know, no one had to remind me for the rest of my life how awful that was. I'm going to record that. Yeah, and then I cried in front of everyone. But, <laughs> but um, the sec- because I did it first and thought, okay, that went really well, I did, I did my second show and invited all my friends. That's the one that Zach Galifianakis showed up at. No so, way. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, I heard that was one of the names that dropped by. Over yeah, yeah, so that was my second show. It's the one that I brought all my friends to, which was great. Oh, so shit. I, I hope they just, some of them think, they're like, oh, yeah, just celebrities. She works with them all the time. That's how that always works. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. But I think it's, 
I remember when I was I went to the comedy cave and it was they usually start you out on um sometimes they have slower nights like a right. Tuesday night there is you know the audience is dispersed I think there was like 10 people in a room that fits I don't know what their capacity is like no maybe way. almost 200 and they're spread out so you oh, can't shit. see them and it's the first professional like light right in your face right. in open mic rooms I like that you can see the audience and when you're in clubs you have to get used to sometimes you can't see anyone right, so you really right. have to get really um, comfortable with that Yeah. but I realized so I went up there and I, I the host um, wasn't getting very many laughs and I think there was a comic before me not getting any laughs and right. I, I'm not going to I didn't think to myself, oh, oh I'm going to go change their minds. <laughs> you just realize, like, all right, all right. So that's, you know, kind of the reaction of the crowd. And I hadn't had that yet. The first crowd, I think, was very nice. And then the second one's full of my friends. So this right. one, just strangers. Um, and it just, yeah, no laughs. We're expecting them. <laughs> no <laughs>, laughs, no laughs. And I remember I was so nervous and just thought, like, oh, this isn't going well. And all of a sudden, this wave hit me. And it just... It was just like I didn't care. And I thought, well, this is for me. Get right. through what you say, what you want to say, and get off stage. And all of a sudden, it got better from there. Wow. This, and I, I think it was just because I didn't have this desperation of like, oh, I hope you like me. It was like, you know what? You're probably not going to. And, right. and I think that's when it hit me where I thought, I can do this for hopefully for the rest of my life. But yeah. that just hit me where I thought, I'm, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. When I'm not doing well and I just got comfortable with it and sure. thought, this is going to happen. And that's yeah. after that show, I remember it was, you know, still still one of my worst shows I think but just the feeling afterwards of like this is for me that's you know that's to amazing. go up there and just not get much of a reaction and be like oh well <laughs> <laughs> that's so. such a that's such a uh, that's such an interesting thing because I think a lot of people uh, whether it be in theater whether it be in comedy whether it be whatever some people have that fight or flight almost uh Impression where if something doesn't go well, mm-hmm. they look for that rip that rip cord to just be like, I'm fucking bailing. Like this is yeah. not going as I expected. And I've seen people do that. I've seen people just be like, Oh shit! The panic kicks in, and they're like, Okay, thanks everybody for a great, you know. And yeah. they get off after like two or three minutes, and you're yeah. like, You got to work through that stuff. But it's the people that are able to work through that stuff that I think is what brings you to that next level. Mm-hmm. And, and that's obviously coming from somebody who just watches a lot of comedy. I don't, I haven't had that experience. Uh, I've been in a couple of tough, tough rooms. Where yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. We were talking about turn. it before the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, that's amazing that you're able to to kind of to get into that comfort zone and, and just know that that's that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've I've seen I've done that too. I've uh, I panicked on stage. It was at the comedy cave again. I I do. They've really built me up to where I am now, which is great. Yeah. So I get to do you know weekend shows there. Awesome. Um, which is great, like packed crowds and things. But when you're doing, you know, they're almost like their newbie Tuesday kind of thing. That's yeah. when you really decide, is this for you or not? You're right. going to have shows that don't go well. Yeah. You're going to have no reaction from the audience once in a while when you've just done really well with these jokes. Right. So it's, I think it's, yeah, getting back on that horse. Like, what do you do for the next show to make it better? I'll go over my playbacks and listen to my notes. Right. And, uh, you know, once I don't really blame the audience. I always think I could have done better. Mm-hmm. What, what could I have done if I had that audience again? Right. to get a reaction out of them. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think it's the way you kind of look at that. But that's that's the process I like, too. I've never had a bomb show and then had one just as bad afterwards. Right. It's, it's always, you know, because you sit down, you compose. This is what I want to do forever. How do sure. I make this better? But, yeah, well, I've, I've done that where I've, I panicked on stage one time. I was three minutes in, and I just forgot the rest of the stuff I wanted to say. I was like, can I? 
I'm not everybody. <laughs> Katie West with everybody. Thank yeah. you very much. And I, I couldn't wait to get on stage to, to do better again. To because it. I always yeah. feel I'm only as good as my last show. And if that's my last show, oh, God. <laughs> this, this is what I've chosen as a career. <laughs> oh, no. So. Well, let's talk about that. Because, <laughs> I mean, historically, comedy is 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 a long game it's not something that there's a lot of overstar or sorry overnight sensations there's and i was just actually having this conversation with somebody uh it's one of the very few professions where uh you know singing stuff like that talent wise you can get noticed overnight you can become a youtube sensation you can become a viral you know uh celebrity all these types of stuff comedy though you, you really earn your stripes. You're, you're in mm-hmm. it for a long, long time, and, and it's really about honing and, and kind of crafting your, your talent. Is is that something that you thought about when you got into comedy? Did you think, I'm going to be in this for the long game, and or, or did you were you like, I need to get to a certain point by a certain time? Um, I was I was just going to do it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. As soon as I did it, I thought, oh, I wanted, this is really fun. I really like this. Right. And I didn't know if that's something that kind of wears off. Like when you, I don't know, you do rock climbing classes sure. for a while. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a great mountain climber. And, you know, after a while, you're like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just knew I really liked it. And I didn't look at it as a career or anything. I thought, oh, this is really fun. I want to do this. But, I was, yeah, it was that third show in where I thought, um, like, I, I want to do this forever. <laughs> Even though it was wow. a bad show. I just yeah. thought, this is for me. Yeah. And I remember comedians telling me when I was getting in, uh, my first show, they're like, just don't care, Katie, just don't care. It was my friend Ryan Patterson, he was the MC of that right, show. Right. Like, just, just don't care. And you're going you're gonna to hear that lots. And you always, you, you want to slap the person who's telling you, like, how could I not care? I'm so nervous right now. And you get it afterwards. You kind of, yeah. you're like, just have fun, don't care. And it's, you do have to kind of get used to that. So yeah. that's, I think that's the wave that hit me where I was like, whatever i'm just gonna say what i want to say and get off stage and i wasn't trying to be liked anymore and that's when it was like yeah. oh, okay this is for me now i can do this that's awesome do you yeah. feel like you got a message when you get up in front of a crowd do you do you feel like like you're you're able to say things that you normally can't say is that like a form for you at all because a lot of your comedy can get pretty racy right like yeah. you, you talk <laughs> i mean it's it's funny shit but you talk about uh you know you talk about some taboo subjects a lot of times <laughs> that, that some people are like Wow, like that's it's it's interesting to hear it from a woman. I've seen a lot of female comedians lately that just go out and crush it, and they talk about stuff, uh, and it's somehow a double standard in a certain way. Because I've seen guys go up and talk mm-hmm. about sex, they talk about masturbation, they talk about all this stuff, and a woman goes up and does it. And I think years ago it probably wasn't really uh, yeah. ad- ad- admired, but now. It's people are really starting to enjoy that. Yeah, it's a. I this is the best time in comedy for women. I think like yeah. so many women before me obviously have paved the road, sure. paved the road, and I, I appreciate that so much to get us where we are now. But sure. it's it's really becoming a level playing field. Yeah. Um, and I love that. But there's. Yeah, I I love that, especially when girls really react to something where you think I haven't seen this on stage, and I don't know if it's just me because I I think that's a big part of being in comedy is things you think are funny or something that's ticked you off or something weird you're like am i am i just stupid and this only happens only to me or you bring it out on stage and when other people relate to it like yay yeah, you know it's the, something that happens to everyone yeah. so yeah no i i love that um i don't think i don't know about a message i would like to now i'm getting to longer sets mm-hmm. i don't want to turn to like my little soapbox or anything but i there is there is things i would like to address um and, but still bring a funny side. I'm still, I don't know, there's things that I, I would like to talk about that I don't feel like I'm a good enough comic yet to mm-hmm. really tread that line where it's right. funny. Um, like there's some humor there, but also a message. Like right. I find, uh, 
you know, abuse. Mm -hmm. um, abuse in relationships is something that you have to tread very, very lightly on. There's, right. You know in the audience there are people who are probably going through it right then. Sure. If they, and other people that, that have been through it. And right. I think it's something most of us, men or women, are, are going to be put through. Right. Um, but I, I feel with that, you can relate to audiences and... And I think it's giving up a piece of yourself. You're not just going up and talking about the weather. You want to you wanna relate to them and be real with them. And mm -hmm. I think that's the people that start wanting to come see your shows more and things like that, is you're, you're saying something they haven't heard before. And that's something I'd like to, I'm kind of working on to bring out, because I think there's, there's bits that you can mine humor out of, so you can sure. still do it in a comedy show, yeah. but still a message. And so I, that's something I'd like to do in the future, but right now I just stay away from it, because I, I think I would just... You know, I wouldn't know how to tread lightly enough right now. So, <laughs> how much of your comedy comes from personal experience as opposed to observation? Um, I don't know. I guess I, mean, I make up a lot of stuff on stage, and yeah. I, I think people know when I'm when I'm lying. I would never say something's uh, oh this really happened to me if it didn't. I'm sure, sure. a lot of comics do. I like yeah. to think if someone said this really happened verbatim, I like to believe them. I'm, I'm I'll always be a fan of comedy. I think before a comedian, right. so I th I think that helps me with shows, knowing what I would want to see from my performance, things right. like that. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's a bit of both. I don't know. I don't know how to separate the two. I think it'll be something from experience and then my observation <laughs> on it. So I just fall into both. Yeah. Yeah. What? How about how do you prepare for it? I mean, are you the type of person? I know a lot of comedians that will break out their iPhone and just type a note if they see something funny, or mm -hmm. they'll you know write it down, or, or they'll you know do a voice note or just something like that. Do you? Is that something that, or do you have to sit down and actually dedicate time to writing jokes and, and yeah. being structured like that? Yeah. Um, I do that, and I uh, to anyone who wants to start comedy or is or is new in comedy, if you have an idea, definitely write it down. Mm -hmm. like definitely, I think Mitch Hedberg does a really really good joke about it when he says he says something about uh you know if I if I think of a really good joke and I can't find a pencil, I just convince myself it wasn't a very good joke. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, you always think, oh, this is really funny. I'm really gonna remember this. If you're, it's always when you're driving somewhere, and yeah. then later you're like, what was that? You oh, can't yeah. remember what it was. Tons so, of time. Yeah, I was like, that nah, would have been a gold mine right yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, sure. always I'll put a note in my phone or write it down, and then and then I like to I like to write bits out for mm -hmm. me. But there's a lot of things I think you come up with ideas. Um, Especially when you're doing it more and more. I right. don't like to do the same material. Some places you have to. Right. Uh, for club sets and things, they want stuff that works, that you've sure. honed. Um, so for weekend spots, you're doing... You can play around a little bit, but it's tighter what works right. in sets. But uh, other open mics and stuff like that, it's, it's nice to try... Um, I don't know, you'll see an audience that really responds to something another comedian said, and you think, oh, I have a bit about that. It's, I haven't written it out perfectly word for word, but you right. thought, I'm going to try it. Sure. And it could, and it could really work, mm -hmm. or later you think, oh, I should have written that out first. So you right. go write it out properly, try it again, and then maybe then it works. Right, so, yeah. right. But no, I, I, like, I like the writing. I like putting together set lists before the show, even just to see. For me, I'm very visual, so I, you know. I like to see it right before I get on stage. It just makes me less nervous. Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about your family? I know, uh, you know, uh, sometimes that helps shape. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, your parents having kind of that influence on you as being able to, you could sit down and watch comedy with them and, and, mm -hmm. and have them different types of, of, you know, influences and stuff like that. Uh, what did they think about your career choice? Um, they're the most supportive parents in the world. That's awesome to hear. It's, I did a, I did tell them I'm not going to finish nursing school. That right. comedy, com I was getting a lot of opportunities offered in comedy, um, 
and it was I didn't think I'd ha- kind of hit that crosswords that I thought oh I can be you know a nurse in the day and do comedy at night I can right. do this forever but it's it's kind of come up where I'm getting opportunities to travel and things like that and mm-hmm. I thought like, gotta which, make that choice. Yeah, yeah I gotta make that choice so I and I did I've chose comedy I'd, I'd still love to be a nurse one day but it's it's not gonna happen right now I don't have time to do both right. I wish I did but um it, it took a little bit of convincing at first uh, I have large student loans so <laughs> you know uh, they they know my mom's actually read bi- biographies of comedians and stuff like that and uh, Michael McIntyre is one of our family's favorite comedians right. so she's read that and it's it's a really good biography and just talking about what a hard road it is for a comedian sure and so she she kind of knows that inside of it <laughs> and right. I'm like that's gonna be for me they're, like, <laughs> they're just concerned for me like are you are you like you're gonna be poor for a while <laughs> like yeah probably that's yeah are you I'm prepared okay for that. this <laughs> yeah but they came they came to see a couple shows um I was very selective on the shows they saw me in I was uh probably about a year in before right. before I asked them to come see a show wow um and I've been lucky the shows they've seen me in I've I've done very well in mm-hmm. not tooting my own horn. No, no, I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. there's shows. You obviously know the reaction of the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it, I did very well in, and I just I, I remember like my dad is someone who doesn't give you compliments really. Like if he gives you a compliment, he means it, and yeah. it's the, the only one you're going to get for years. <laughs> and I, I like that; he's very realistic. But I remember uh, finishing a show um, at a at a packed house. It was in a in the Costros, like Italian restaurant. Yeah. And um and I got off stage. I just remember looking at his face and I was like, I've got them. Like they wow. and they've been really supportive since I told them. My mom used to call it hobby all the time. Your hobby, your hobby. And I I knew I was going to start. I was looking at it more as a career, but I right. keep going along. Like, yeah, no, no, it's just for you know, just my hobby at night. Just my just putting a lot of time in this hobby. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when I told them it's a career, they're very supportive and. And we did a big sit-down talk about it, and, and they were just like, if you're doing this, you know, you need to go 100% for this wow. if you want to make it work. But they, they're huge fans of Amy Schumer. They love Amy Schumer. Um, and Ellen DeGeneres. So, they're, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they kind of they watch that, and they see a little bit of what I do kind of parallels with them, sure. like, especially Amy Schumer's stuff. We don't have any of the same jokes, but... Right. I think our mannerisms on stage and, and they see the reactions from the crowd jokes that my mom cringes at yeah I love doing dirty jokes if I was my <laughs> favorite thing ever she'll cringe but she sees the reaction from the audience she's like alright you know Katie I think I think they just saw and they thought it looks like she knows what she's doing she yeah. knows what she's getting into they knew I'd been watching a lot of comedians and, and when I'm not at shows I'm watching comedy shows and talking to comedians so I wasn't I wasn't going in you know, like I woke up one day and decided to be a comedian. It's kind of right. a process where I start looking at it yeah, more seriously and thought, I think I can do this. And it's, yeah, it's working out. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. I've talked to some comedians where, you know, veterans of the game and who've said stuff like, uh, I would hate to be an amateur right now because, uh, or I hate to be a, a uh, you know, a, a pro comedian just starting out, you know, just kind of getting into the pro uh, leagues and stuff like that. Um, the amateur game can be pretty tough, mm-hmm. and coming up can be pretty tough. People yeah. get very territorial. People get jealous. Uh, stage mm-hmm. time and stuff like that. Do you? Did you ever encounter that? Did you ever get into a comedy scene at all and and just be like, wow, like people are not as supportive as I thought? Actually, not at all. I found I find comedy is the most supportive community I've ever been in, and yeah. that's what I really liked about it. Um, I, I, someone was telling me this, and I think it's true. They say, you know, for amateurs, when you first start out and it's your first time, everyone's really supportive. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, um, 
most people who you'll see a lot of first times, especially Comedy Monday Night, you almost always have one or two people doing it for their first time. Right. And most of them we don't see around a lot after that. Sure. But you're supportive if it's their first time. They get a lot of stage time, and it's right. because they haven't, you know, they haven't done any stage time. So a lot of people are are okay with giving very new comics stage time. And then right. after that, it's it depends how well you're progressing. Are you, you know, are are you only doing well on shows that you bring your friends to? Right. And then you're not doing well on shows where you don't know anyone there, but you're not getting better. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I think they really look at you don't even have to be good, but are but are you doing? Are you rewriting your things that are not going well? Are you right. trying different things? Sure. Are you just delivering the same set over and over, whether it does, you know, well or not? Even right. if it's doing well, if you're still doing the same set for a long time, you'll stop getting stage time. Sure. It's their audiences. You get a lot of repeat people seeing the same shows, right. and they don't want to see the same material all the time, obviously. So I find it's, yeah, as soon as you start, it's, it's very, very supportive. Everyone's supportive, and I think there's kind of almost an undertone of, like, and you'll, you'll hear it. I don't think they ever say this. This was never said to me during kind of like my first few formative weeks or years. anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> formative years. I've only been in it two years. So I'm <laughs> still amazing. in my formative years. That's but uh, But there is, you know, a little little side things of, you know, professionals being like, oh, I probably won't see them again and stuff <laughs> like that. So, But they'll be nice to their faces. Sure. And, but um, no, I find everyone's just willing to see what you, what you do on stage. Right. And I think a lot of it tons of it is how you are off stage too yeah if you're really ignorant and uh um just think you're a lot better than you are or you know you should be doing more shows than you are things like that like it's it's the attitude behind it if you're just doing your best and you keep doing your best on stage you'll keep getting stage time that's what i found i've every i just did edmonton this weekend it was my first time up there and the most supportive community amazing uh you know, Vancouver and Montreal, amazing. I just found everyone is so accepting, and it's what you bring to the stage and how you are off stage. Right, so, right. everyone, it's just it's been amazing so far. I think that's one of the reasons I want to be in it forever. Is I just I love hanging out with comedians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are some great people, uh, and I've had nothing but amazing experiences just talking to comedians, getting to know people, yeah. and, and getting oh, to hear their to stories hear. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's been amazing, uh, and is it? I mean, obviously, like, you've probably heard the old adage that, that uh, a lot of comedians are tortured souls. They got, you know, yep. depression and issues, and, yeah, and that's yeah. what makes for amazing comedy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever feel like you had any type of uh, plight or, or, or vestige in life that you needed to, to get through to, with the comedy, or, or, or was it ever, you know, because I know comedians get up there and they start working through things, or, you know, if they're by themselves, they're depressed and they're lonely and everything like that, yeah. but... And they need that reaction, or have, have that was that was that you coming up at all? Um, I think like everyone just going through life. No one, I don't think anyone has just you know a crystal staircase of a life. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know how to answer. I think I think my worst times are probably still ahead of me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think I'll I'll think I'll look back, hopefully as I've gone through them, and be like, oh, that was the worst of it. Like it's <laughs> exactly. You know, um. I don't know. I don't. I don't need that reaction from the audience, which is nice. I think. I think that's played up a lot. That right. that a lot of comedians really need that. Right. And I think if you're if you're doing well in comedy and you stay in comedy, you're not doing it 
for that. You want to connect with the audiences, but sure. it's not so much, oh, I need the hugest laugh of this. Oh, I hope they really like this joke. For, for me, when I'm on stage, I like to see, I love doing new stuff. I really love doing new stuff. Yeah. Um, and I like to see what works, what doesn't. Maybe it really hits someone really well, and you look over to someone else, be like, oh, this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, I, I think that's when the audience really likes you, when you... I'm getting into more deeper stuff now. Um, right. Now that I'm doing more time on stage, I have time for that. And it's nice that audiences stick with you, I find, with, with stories and things like that. It's hard to do as um, more amateur because they want more jokes, jokes, jokes. And you're, right. you know, these are stories you could tell your friends. If it's not comedy, why are you on stage kind yeah, of thing? Exactly. So you have to really, you know, pepper it with jokes right. and mine what's, what's relatable and what are just details they don't need to know. Right. right. But, uh, but yeah, I like getting into the deeper stuff, and I find I'm getting, yeah, m more and more people coming up after shows and telling you what they really liked about that, or mm -hmm. like, oh, I wish my mom had been there to see that joke about, you know, she's been through, and things right, like that, right. so it's, I really like that, that they're connecting right to the story of it, yeah. and, and getting to know you a little bit more, and it's, sure. it's scary when you do things on stage that you haven't really talked about, even with your friends, right. and you think, I think there's a joke there, but I don't know, and it's nice that you get that reaction after you think, oh, like, that was, you know, <laughs> I felt like I was burying my soul for a minute there, Definitely. and they react to that, so that's nice, but, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten to darker stuff lately, right. but I, th I think everyone's got it, especially in comedy, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I, I think, I think the, the best comedians, we're all used to getting in trouble, <laughs> we, we don't always make the smartest choices, and I think it's the reflection on those poor choices, and the observations after, like, that's what that people like to hear, yeah, absolutely, so, whether people have gone through that exact same scenario, yeah. they're like, oh, that's exactly how it went, I'm glad I'm not the only one that was treated like that, absolutely. or, or you've gone further, and they're like, oh, mine wasn't that bad, and they like hearing <laughs> that someone's done worse about a certain scenario, for so. sure, so, yeah, I find, yeah, I, but mental health issues, huge, huge, and I think any arts forms, it's, yeah. you know, well, I, any career, actually, I think it's getting more and more talked about, but it's nice that I think comedians are really bringing it out, yeah. and, and there's so much we're not ashamed of, mm -hmm. the more we get on stage and the more right. you realize audiences are connecting to you, the, sure. the more you can feel like you're being honest with them, and I right. think that's nice that so many people are coming out and talking about, um, you know, one of, one of my friends, Jeff Kubik, is an amazing comic, yeah. and, uh, and he's talked about his depression on stage. Right. And again, it's, it's a deep subject, but there's also humor there. I think there can be humor in anything. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's people in the audience who, are, who, you know, are depressed or have gone through big d bouts of depression, and they relate to that. And sure. it's, I think people, if they haven't, I don't believe there's a lot of people who haven't at least been through bouts of depression. Oh, for sure. But if they haven't, they're seeing a different side and they're empathetic to it, or it's right. something they haven't really looked at seriously, so exactly. they're very respectful of it. And and I like that. I like that it's being talked about more, things yeah. like that. I saw Jeff uh, a little while ago on, uh, over at Yucks, and then he just crushed it. There. Oh, he's, he's amazing. He's great. Yeah. He's a very, very witty guy. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, witty very guy. I didn't clever. really know what to think when he got up on stage. I was like, I've never seen this guy before. <laughs> and he's got a certain look to him that's yeah. <laughs> kind of like, you kind of look at like, this guy's going to be a massive smartass, kind of like Cal Post or something. But... He just has this real interesting way of connecting with the audience. That's, yeah, and he does uh, right really, away. Really well. so I don't yeah. know how long he's been in comedy, but he's... Yeah, yeah he's definitely I, killing it. Yeah, he's doing really well. I've yeah. never seen him do the same set on stage either. 
Yeah, so that's I, he's, yeah. He always brings something different or a twist or, you know, yeah. just a riff or something. That's but it, a real I art love form. It. Yeah. yeah. How often do you like to change up your material? I mean, I know there's a lot of comics out there who say you get your five minutes and you work it and you just keep on working it until mm-hmm. you get, you know, maybe your seven minute or ten minute set or something like that. Yeah. Do you feel like you need to work and rewrite, you know, redo material all the time? I, uh, I don't like doing a lot of jokes over and over, especially I don't know who's seen me and who hasn't. You see more and more people will come up to you after shows saying, oh, I saw you at this show and a different show, I saw you at this, which is great. That's fantastic. And sure. it's, I, you know, I didn't expect to be getting that this early on. Mm-hmm. Or people asking when you, you know, when they can see you next. So I don't want to do the same stuff for them over and over. Right. Um, I'd, I'd love to do new stuff in every show, even if it's just, you know, a callback to another comedian's joke sure. or, or a riff I've thought up of, you know, in the car or something like that. Right. Um, and I'm just learning how to introduce it so it goes well, and it's, it has been going well for the most part in my favor. And yeah. I think I just I just learned the trick, um, you know, do a couple jokes that usually work, you know, yeah. quick ones, so the audience trusts you. And then when you're doing something that you're not sure of yet, like I don't know how this is going to work, they already kind of like you, and right. they trust that you know they're already on your side. It's going to go down a good path. Yeah. yeah. And if you start out with that stuff that you're not sure of, right. the audience senses that, and they're not sure about you. It yeah. takes longer to get them, so it's. I think I'm just learning. But yeah, I, I, every show I would like to do at least something new in every show, even yeah. if it's just one joke or a riff. Um, I don't deal. I haven't had to deal with hecklers that much, which has been really lucky. Right. Um, I, I think I just have this look that looks like. I don't put I, up with any but, shit. <laughs> no, I think it's the opposite. I think I get on stage and they're like, you know, if they're heckling other comedians, I think, oh, okay, I'm going to have to deal with these hecklers. And a lot of times they quiet when I'm on stage. And I don't think, oh, it's not because I'm so good. They're speechless. <laughs> I, I think I just have this look where they're like, oh, if we talk to her, she'll probably cry. <laughs> I don't get so, that. I don't get that from you. That When I saw you on stage, you looked super confident. And Yeah, you just look like, uh, like you just own the room, which oh, is a good. You. I think there's a... I think there's a real magic to that about, I think, uh, uh, you know, probably 50% of comedy is just presence and, and, and being able to really communicate with your confidence on stage. And, okay. And I, I would call that faking it. 50% <laughs> of it is, if you're not feeling it, it, fake it. Like, fake just, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think my biggest compliments from people, uh, for myself, has just been confident. Like, yeah, you look, yeah. I mean, even if you do shitty, it's like you look like you belong up there. Like, you, mm-hmm. you're you really confident. You're very comfortable up there. And I, I, I saw that with you as well. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, historically, comedians gravitate towards larger markets. They go to New York. They go to L.A. They go yeah. to Toronto. They go to Vancouver. Uh, do you feel like there's a ceiling in Calgary? Do you feel like you need to go? Um... Yes, yes. I uh, I actually I just signed with Yuck Yucks last week. Right. So I'm super excited about that. About thank that. you, yeah. thank you. I'm very excited. Um, and the reason I did well, there's lots of reasons. I I really like the comics I work with at Yuck Yucks. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, all the staff, everything. So, um, the one of the biggest reasons I because you're also limited as well. There's other shows sure. you can't do, so you really have to look at what's pros and cons. Right. And uh, I think the biggest pro is that. They'd like me to start doing, you know, all across Canada, circuit, and that's what yeah. I'd like to do. Right. But as far as moving somewhere else, um, depends what you want to do. I think Alberta's great if you're very good with corporate and mm-hmm. you can do clean. But right. you need to be in comedy for a while sure. to do that. But there, I mean, those gigs are a lot. They're paying you a lot, a lot right. of money, and I wouldn't be comfortable accepting that. I don't think I'm, you know, some shows I do very well. Right. I go, like, oh, thanks for the check. There's others where I think, you know. 
I, it, for me, it'd be too much pressure right now. Like, I'm yeah. not worth as much as you're willing to pay me. Right. <laughs> I can't guarantee a show that that's worth that much. Right. I mean, I'd like to, but I can't guarantee it. So I'm uh, this year. I'm starting to watch some of my friends in corporate, so right. I kind of learn how it's how it's going. So I think if you if you get to that level and you can do corporates where you're not going to offend any audience, uh, you know, you you can do any age group. You relate. Yeah. You find things to relate to from everyone i find very good storytellers who with lots of jokes but who can really just get almost any audience they do well in that sure and alberta is really good for that it's it's known as the money province right. and then you've got all of if you're doing like the satellite shows yuck yucks does shows on tour so they send you to saskatchewan and bc it's a great place that you've got both those provinces right right beside you can go up north you can also go down to the states it's a really nice little market Circuit, we've got yeah, here. Yeah. yeah but it's not if you want to I don't know. It, it, there is a bit of a ceiling if you're if you just want to do club work, mm-hmm. then you need to go somewhere else. Right. You have to be willing to travel. I think. For, Ideally, yeah. where would you like to be? Um. Or are you I happy just like touring around? I'd like to tour around for a bit. Yeah. I'd really. I just want to test my stuff on different audiences. I find I'm, I do a lot better in the cities. Uh, then rural crowds sometimes, you know, a great great show. Right. Other times, I just find like, oh, this isn't. I don't know. I, I haven't been able to, to cater to that audience properly yet, right. and I'd like I'd like to learn how to better do that. Yeah. Just just knowing what material works, looking at the audience, and, and thinking, okay, I think this is going to work. Instead of like, these are my bits. I hope they like it. So, <laughs> so learning how to cater to that. But I think I'd actually like to be in uh, L.A. for a while. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to like it, but I um I used to act, and I love movies. Right. Not so much when people, everyone thinks, oh, you're a comedian, you want your own sitcom one day. Like, right. I don't, no, I don't want to be <laughs> the star of my own sitcom. I don't. I don't like a lot of sitcoms. Right. Um, there's obviously some funny stuff out there, but I really like, I like movies. I like the time that's put into movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, my favorite part of comedy, hands down, is writing. I, I find the performance p- part for me is, yeah, I'm, I'm okay at it, right. but, but I, I, the writing is my strongest bit. Yeah. So I'd like to... You've got some great Facebook status updates. Very <laughs> good tweets, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But I find I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to write with other writers for movies, but I get to be in them, too. I right. can't, I'm not at the point where people are like, oh, do you want to be a writer? You're like, I don't want to give away my writing. Like, I can't. Yeah. I, I'd like to... I need to be a part of it. If I'm writing a sketch, even right. if I have the smallest part in it, I'd like to be a part of it. And so. I also think, I mean, especially with writing, it's like uh, there's a certain personal connection to it where you can envision the delivery, you can de- mm-hmm. kind of envision the setup, and, and that's kind of like your baby of how you form the joke. And it's difficult, I'm sure, to hand that off to somebody and say, I trust that you're going yeah. to do that the way that I envision you to do that. Yeah, that's true. And as an actor, I used to... Um, I've been cast for some things and other auditions. I've just, I get too nervous and I absolutely bomb them. If I couldn't be verbatim, that was my right. biggest thing. And I just felt like it was such a, a disrespect to whoever spent the time writing this. Sure. that if I wasn't verbatim, I'm not doing it. Right. I'm not delivering what I'm supposed to. And yeah. I've learned now as an actor and, and doing a lot of really intensive classes, uh, for me, I don't have to worry as, as much about being verbatim. It's right. about, you know, more than that. Sure. But I, I still feel... I don't know if if another if I saw someone else doing 
bits I wrote and just kind of their own interpretation. I'd be right. like, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to get over that. I think I'd be fine if, if I was a character in it and it was different stuff we're playing with. Like, oh, that's great. But yeah. if I was just away from it and then I saw this sketch that I wrote and they've just kind of right. done their own thing, I'd be like, what are you? No! <laughs> I spent so much time on, like, the jokes there and stuff. Do them verbatim. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm way too self-absorbed to give away writing right now. But, but well, yeah, speaking of that, too, I mean, I've had this conversation Conversation with uh, with certain comedians about um, social media and, and putting jokes out there and, and how um, I know one of the one of the guys that I talked to a big Hollywood writer he was saying that he had to convince George Wallace to to put his tweets out there because he was <laughs> he comes from an old school of like yeah. I put my jokes out there or someone's gonna steal them and yeah, then, yeah. but it's like okay but one you're kind of putting a stamp on that this is your joke mm-hmm. and two the availability of people that are able to see that joke yeah. become those eventually become fans of yours yeah. that, you know they enjoy your writing or they enjoy but you know you're somebody who writes some really funny shit on Facebook oh, and funny you. stuff on Twitter <laughs> and stuff like that uh, have you have you seen that before have you are you ever weary of, of putting your stuff out there and and, and just kind of saying okay I, I mean this is my material but I'm going to share it with everybody um I'm not worried about stuff being stolen I know stuff gets stolen mm-hmm. um I'm not shy if I see someone doing my stuff. Right. Uh, you know, I'll call them on it. I, we caught a joke thief recently Has at a show. Really? Um, I, I haven't seen someone doing my jokes. There's a lot of premises, too, that I think once, once you're in comedy more, when you're seeing comedy all the time, you're going to see a lot of premises kind of done by different people. And sure. it's not, they're not stealing each other's jokes. It's, they're just putting a twist on yeah. the, their own yeah, yeah. Like one of, of it. Um, someone just put on the Calgary Community Forum. It's like, oh, what are the most like amateur premises we see? And it's funny because everyone who's saying like, oh, I've, these ones, it's, it's stuff you do in your first time sets, things like that. But right. we're all, I thought I was laughing so hard because they're all jokes we've kind of done our yeah. own play off of. Right, and, like, right. and you think you're so clever at the time, <laughs> uh, and then you just realize how you know that's what becomes hack bits when you've been in comedy right. while you're like, you know, find yeah. something new to make fun of. But I think one of the premises, like, you'll see, you'll still see this in tons of shows. And uh, I didn't, it always just makes my heart skip a bit. I'm like, oh, they're new. This is cute. Yeah. But uh, anyone who goes up and compares like their first time to stand up is like, oh, a lot like my first time having sex. Right. Like, you'll see that joke a hundred times. Oh, yeah. And I don't think anyone's stealing from each other. They're just like, I've got a good one. I'm going to parallel these two. It's going to kill. And it's <laughs> well, it's kind of it's it's uh, it's it's kind of a version of, of kind of hack comedy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's like. Um, I've seen that joke down. I mean, down in the states is a really popular one. Uh, 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 kids got timeouts all the time growing up. You know, my mom got a timeout. Timeout from whipping that ass. And I mean, people <laughs> like, you know, it's like it eviscerates the crowd. And you're like, yeah. well, fuck, it's been done a hundred times, man. But, but everybody's kind of just got their own. You know, it's almost like that material out there that nobody really owns. They just kind of throw yeah. it out there and it floats around, and people kind of put their own twist on it. Yeah. And whatever, but. Uh, but yeah, I think that's. I mean, I saw a comedian out in Red Deer one time. Uh, we were doing a show out there, and it was just. Again, I'm not going to say that he stole the jokes, but it's mm-hmm. it's just these kind of jokes that you see, on like e cards or, yeah. or memes or you know memes or whatever they're yeah. called, and, and you just kind of like it's. You just know that that material isn't coming from the heart. It's not yeah. coming from someone who's written it. They don't. If they don't switch up their writing, they they will have hard time getting stage time. Yeah. It's, I, we all, I think most amateurs, you start out doing hack bits, not realizing it, but right. things you find, you're, n- you're not going to do your deepest stuff right away. Sure. It's, 
you're not really giving up a lot of yourself. Yeah. You're, you're doing bits you think people are going to laugh at. Right. Things that you've done with your friends in conversation, oh, maybe this will work on stage. Yeah. But you have to you have to really start developing your own style and really coming, your writing has to come from you to do right. well in this business. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think the one I was thinking about it the other day actually after we you know caught this joke thief out, <laughs> they just lied lied to my face. No, no, I didn't. And it wasn't like oh, it's a similar joke. I mean, they verbatim did this bit I'd seen at the Win- Winnipeg Comedy Festival, no and I way. saw it. It's it's my hands down my favorite jokes, and and it stuck with me. Um, and I remember my dad and I watched it together. And we, like, on TV, and we discussed it afterwards. It just really hit us. We're like, that was so good. The right. this, uh, comedian, he kind of, the audience just loses faith in him. He's just t- touching a subject that they're like, we don't know where this is going. And it right. gets really quiet, and, uh, and it's worth the payoff, and he gets them back with it. Right. And, it's, and he knows what he's doing, and it's so well-crafted. So it's like a two-minute bit. And then we <laughs> saw a, a comic uh, do it. And I called him on it afterwards. I'm like, don't get on stage if you're not doing your own jokes. Like, oh, I've been doing that for five years. Like, no, you're not. Like, anyway, so there, and, the, and it, actually another comic just said, oh, I, he actually stole one of my jokes. And so no he's just way. taking other bits that he's not doing well on stage, and he's taking other people's bits <laughs> that work. And it's, it's almost like, oh. you know, people, uh, people are like, oh, what are you going to do? Kind of like a wolf pack on them. There's one rule in comedy, and I can't think of another rule outside this. You'll make rules for yourself and break them all the time. But I think sure. the one rule, don't steal jokes. Yeah. Don't steal jokes. Yeah. It's your own stuff. You're, there's going to be enough times, I haven't been accused of it yet, but I'm, I want to do this forever, so I'm sure it's going to happen, where right. I'm accused of stealing someone's joke because it's too similar. Sure. But it's, sure. it's going to happen. But don't, you'll get caught. If you steal other people's bits, it's you're going to get caught. Guaranteed someone's seen that act or yeah. heard it or at some point or another. Yeah. 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 Or especially if you rely on other people's material, if you're not caught on that, that you're not coming up with your own stuff, you're not going to last in this business. Right. You, you know, you need to have good writing and, and yeah. be funny. Yeah. And if if you can't come up with it yourself, you know, the comedy's not for you, and that Definitely. will catch up to you. It's it's really karma driven. Yeah. There, so I think yeah, with this person stealing jokes, <laughs> <laughs> you just almost leave it. Like I confronted them, they lied about it. So, you know, some other comics are really mad about it, and I thought, you know, it's. How long are they going to last? Yeah. <laughs> We've only seen them. That's quick. it, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, if they're not writing their own right now, I mean, where's it going to go from there? Exactly. Yeah. You know? And it's especially when they're stealing other comics' bits they like, they'll see it in a show and then yeah. do it. But they're not smart about it either. Like, yeah. He saw a comics' bit that he really liked in the show, and they still do the show together. And then he did it, like, a few shows later. <laughs> and this comic was telling me, he's like, oh, I stopped doing that at the show. Just, you know, I saw him doing, it was pretty pretty much very, he thought, oh, very, very similar. And, oh, and then uh, now he's been outed for stealing jokes like no he just stole my joke he just stole my bit and now i can't do it at that show because he does it that is horrible so and it's just oh, it's kind of to me now it's just funny as much as we're really angry and i'm glad we we found this bit where it was verbatim the right the clip so we, yeah because i thought i was almost going crazy i was like one of the comments like have you not seen him do this he's been doing this the last like five shows and i thought are oh, the synapses shit. not firing properly in my brain or something <laughs> like Am I thinking I've seen this bit before? And then the other part of my brain's like, yeah, Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Like, <laughs> no way. And no, so it's nice when I, we found the bit just just, just so I know I to, wasn't going crazy. Going and I was nuts. like, yes, I did. Yeah, I it is I how I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so. <laughs> when you think of heroes in comedy, when you think of people that uh, you admire in the comedy game, who do you think of? Um, I have so many. I, every time I get asked this, I answer different people. Uh, one, one, the best performance I've seen live 
still hands down is Daniel Kitson. He's a comic from the UK. Right. I love him. It was just, and he's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I, I really admire that because I, I find storytelling hard. Right. Um, it's something I'm trying to get more into. Mm-hmm. But it is something I think it does really well in the UK and Australia. And right. here, it's they want a little bit more jokes. Right. Um, what is that though? Because because you're 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 100 right. Because I mean, uh, comedy in North America seems to be kind of more. They want immediate setup punch, mm-hmm. setup punch, setup punch. But you've seen this other breed of comedians out there. Jim Jeffries is one. Like people yeah. who have just a really good raconteurs. You know, Louis yeah. C.K. Those people are able to tell a story and craft a story. Uh, big Big J. Okerson is another great storyteller. Um, but I don't. Is that because you only got five minutes and you're trying to get that? There's not a lot of time to build that relationship with the crowd. Because yeah, now you're so. you, now you've got a lot more time on stage. Are you starting to get more into the rack and tour yeah, storytelling into things? I would like to, and it's. I, I think because I'm new in this. I mean, I take everyone's advice with a grain of salt, but there's no one's advice I completely throw away. Sure. Well, I, I mean, actually, one person <laughs> I was like. They were trying to teach me how to be a comic, but they were just telling me how to be a lady, and it was very, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very conservative oh. advice that I didn't agree with. I was like, I don't agree with any of that. But outside of that, um, I take everyone's uh, advice with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, you're told, I, I've been told by quite a few people who've been in this industry for a while, and I, in my head it's two people specifically, and they, they give me a lot of stage time, mm-hmm. and I know that's what they want when they give me stage time on their shows, but it's... It, and I've been told verbatim this by two of them, it's don't forget it's how many laughs per minute. Don't let anyone tell you different. It's how many laughs per minute. Right. And I'm, you know, at first you're, you're trying to do that in your sets, and I think that's made me a stronger comic. You're trimming the fat. You tell a joke on stage. You hone it. You listen to what, I think when you're telling a story, you really, when you tell a story to your friends, you have a lot of details that an audience doesn't need to know. Sure. Um, so you really, when you, when you do it in an audience, you keep trimming bits. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. You might take two people in a story and turn it into one mm-hmm. just, just to make the story a little bit tighter. Right. Because at the end of the day, the audience, you're entertaining them. Right. They don't need to hear the real life details that don't matter. You're sure. entertaining them. Um, and I think I've, I've kind of fallen out of as, as much as maybe contests and things like that. I think laughs per minute right. or when you do have a short time on stage. Um, but I, I, some of my favorite jokes ever are the ones where there's not a lot of laughter for a while and then it's a big payoff right. and it's worth it. Those, I'm looking at comedians who are really good at storytellers and I thought, no, it's not about laugh, laughs per minute. It's what you want to tell, what matters to you and what matters to the audience. What are you guys connecting on? Yeah. And they'll let you know when they don't care about what you have to say. <laughs> they, you know, you're... <laughs> Humbled all the time. They're humbled so. all the time. Yeah. There, but there, there are a lot of comedians out there that uh, that some of that innocence is kind of lost. Where they, I mean, there's certain comedians out there where you know you're going to go out there and you're going to see them crush every set. And sometimes you like to see people struggle because mm-hmm. you're like, or you, there's a heckler. Or I, yeah. I want to see how people handle that type of stuff. Yeah. And I think being a fan of comedy, and as you said yourself, somebody who grew up watching a lot of comedy. Uh, I still have a real, just genuine interest in, I love to laugh. I love mm-hmm. to watch people just really, I, just eviscerate a room. And, yeah. and But there's a lot of comedians out there that have a hard time just watching success. They got to see someone like dig themselves out of something just so that they can get entertained by that. You yeah. know what I mean? Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like, like are you still like just a, a hardcore fan of comedy where you like to see everybody just go up there and destroy? or Or is it like... 
I know this person's going to do well already. So I just, I want to see something happen crazy yeah. in order for me to enjoy myself watching comedy. I definitely, I mean, as, when I was just a fan of comedy, you, you want to laugh the whole time. And right. when we're mostly watching it on TV, you know, if someone's not funny, that's when you're going to go to the fridge and make yourself a sandwich <laughs> and wait till the next comic comes right. on or something. Like, you don't have to be there in the room. Sure. Um, and when it's a live show, you know, you want to be entertained the whole time. You've, right. you've paid to see a comedy show. You want to laugh. But, um, or, and I find now, or, or be very interested in what they have to say, even mm-hmm. if I'm not laughing. I'm, right. I'm like, oh, that's, I've not seen that done on stage. Or that's a really touchy subject. I'm, right. I really respect they went there. Um, there's one comedian, uh, he, one of my favorites, I think he will be for my whole life, um, is Chris Gordon. Right. Is, I'm such a fan of him. And uh, he's in Calgary right now, but last time he was in Calgary, um, he doesn't know this, but I was like kind of following him around. I was doing a lot of shows with him, right. and then I was like, kind of following around watching him because I knew he was going to do some crowds that didn't have a lot of people. It's very right. hard to get a draw, sure. and I've always seen him crush it. Right. And I really wanted to see how he does when he's got an audience of six people or and, and things like that. Like how does he, because he's used to, he does so much audience work, things like that, and right. I, I wanted to see, and it was nice. One, one show I did see him struggle, and I really enjoyed that for me, just... Like oh he is human, <laughs> but but he, he's still he's still in bomb. Right. But you could tell he was you know struggled a little bit yeah. through it and then and then kind of got them on his side. And I I really want to see that with comics I see do well all the time. I want to see when they don't do well and how they deal with that. Right. And I right. find that makes just just taking it all in. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it's so I I now I do really like seeing the downside to it. I'll go to shows where I know there's not going to be a lot of people to right. see a comic that usually crushes. Right. I think, yeah, I can go see them crush in this huge room. Sure. I want to see how they do when, you know, the it's audience... Yeah. yeah. When, it, when it's a tough crowd and it's known as a tough crowd. So I'm, yeah. I'm more into that. I don't, I don't want them to fail. I Obviously, want them to yeah. do well and I want to be able to follow the process of how they got the audience on their side when they didn't think they were going to and things For like sure. that. For sure, yeah. How can people find you, Katie? Uh, on a, I have a website, katiewestman.com. Perfect. <laughs> or yeah. on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? <laughs> it's at the other K West. The other. Well, we'll definitely put the links up on the site, and uh, of course, you're on Facebook, and yep. uh, I think people can just Google you and and find out. Do you have any upcoming dates that you want to plug? Um. Anything on the books that uh, that's standing out to you right now? I'm, not, I'm always around town doing Yuck Yucks yeah. on tour now, so I'll be awesome. In, Are doing, you looking forward to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm nervous. It's it's a whole different ball game I find when you're you're doing big half hour sets sure. as opposed to guest spots. I just realized I really need to be watching these big half hour sets and right. and farther away from the open mics right now. Yeah. And I've even been told that. I remember. So yeah. Daryl Lennox told me, he's like, right now, you need to be in clubs. Stay away right. from the open mics. Right. And usually you're told the opposite as yeah. amateurs. Go so. see the open mics. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've got to do that. But yeah, so I don't know. I guess uh, on the Yuck Yucks page, I think I'm on there if you want yeah. to see me on tour. I, I just get told dates throughout the week that I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> just get told where to be and where to show up at yeah. one time. Huh? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure watching you work, and, and uh, I look forward to seeing you a lot more of you in the future. Oh, and, thanks. Uh, I look forward to seeing you, too. You are hilarious. Thank you. Yeah, thank you're you. confident. Means a lot to me. <laughs> thank you very much. That means a lot to me. And uh, it's an absolute pleasure having you come out to the studio. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming out. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> it feels weird just talking about myself all this time. All right, folks, and there you have it, Katie Westman. What a uh, what a great great treat 
to have her in studio and uh, for her to take the time out of her very busy schedule to uh, come and join us out here. Great interview. Great girl. Lots of fun. Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying these interviews as much as I love doing them. And uh, just wanted to say again, thank you. Make sure to follow us and hashtag YYCP on Twitter. You can follow myself uh, at EG on Twitter. And, of course, uh, yeah, you know what? Just follow me and you can all turn you on to all the good people on Twitter. Make sure to tune in next week, guys. we got another great show. Lots of fun ones coming up. On behalf of myself, your host, Jake Hirsch, executive producer, Kira Williams, the webmaster, Camille, of course, all the folks over at Yuck Yucks. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.